0: Marinaro, the sick podcast. He was drafted in the sixth round, 160th overall in the 216 NHL draft. Many thought he was never going to play in the National Hockey League, but after four years in the OHL and three years in the American Hockey League with the Laval Rocket, he got an opportunity with the Canadians. 51 games, five goals, six assists, 11 points, 81 penalty minutes, sticking up for his teammates. Everyone remembers what he did for Samuel Montembeau, and clearly the coach and the general manager did as well because they paid him back with a one-year contract. He's Michael Pizzetta of the Montreal Canadiens, and he joins me coming up on The Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero.
1: Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast Podcast with Tony Marinero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup Sports Sports Entertainment. Like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacash The menu will surprise you.
0: Marinero, the Sick Podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer Intense. Like Michael Pizzetta, by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacash. If the last time you went to La Cage was when it was called La Cage au Spa, that was a long time ago, it's time you go back to La Cage because the menu will surprise you. It no longer surprises me. He took a lot of people by surprise, by his heart, his work ethic, his determination, and it's paid off. It got him to this point, and it got him a contract renewal as well. He's Michael Pazetta of the Montreal Canadiens, and he joins me on the SICK Podcast. Mike, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for having me. That's quite the intro.
0: Uh, thank you very much. Back home. Are you in T.O.?
2: Yeah, back home in uh, Toronto now. I uh, spent some, went on a little trip and then spent some time in Montreal, but I've uh, been back home for like three weeks now.
0: All right. Okay. So uh, any vacation this summer, anything for you, anything lined up? Um, well, me and my
2: girlfriend, uh, we'd gone to, well, France and Italy, we did a week in uh, France and then two weeks in Italy. Uh, so we did that right after the season. So we had a good time there. It was my first time actually in Italy and, uh, it was a good time.
0: Now, of course, for the record, you are Italian, right? Yeah,
2: I'm Italian. Um, I guess my noni were born there. My parents are born here. So I, would that make me second or gen- third generation Canadian. Yeah.
0: So Italian. where are the, uh, where are these Italian origins from? So
2: my noni on my, uh, uh, my mom's side are from Trento, and on my dad's side, they're from
0: Udine and uh, uh, Sicily. All right. I'm Sicilian, or at least my parents are. I mean, well, I am. I mean, they were born in Sicily, but I was born here. But I've been back to Sicily probably about seven or eight times. Where did you visit in Italy? I'm curious.
2: Uh, we did Cinque Terre, Florence, Rome, and uh, Sorrento. Uh, sounds about three, like-
0: four days in each place. Sounds like a pretty nice trip, huh?
2: Oh, it was beautiful, and uh, the food was amazing, and uh, definitely see why everyone likes
0: it there. Did you pick up any Italian words? How much Italian do you know or you don't know?
2: Um, I'm not going to embarrass myself right now, but when I was a kid, I used to be pretty good because my, my parents used to speak to, well, they still speak to my nonni in Italian. They used to speak to me in Italian, but uh, I'm not going to try anything crazy here.
0: <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Mike, uh, once again, good for you, everything you were able to accomplish this year. Uh, A sixth-round pick, I talked about it right from the start, 160th overall in the 2016 draft, four years in the OHL, three years in Sudbury in the last season, you moved over to Sarnia. This is what your coach had to say, uh, your coach from Sudbury, regarding 10 Pizzettas. Let's see if we can bring it up. If you could have 10 Pizzettas on your team, I'm sure any coach would. Former Sudbury Wolves coach uh, David Matzo said that. Is that the... That's pretty cool, huh?
2: Yeah. uh, Maddie Maddie's a really good coach and a really good person. Uh, Had a lot of good memories from Sudbury and junior hockey and um, just kind of the same player I was now. Just put my work boots on and came to the office every day and did my job, you know? So I think uh, I got a lot of respect around the league and and from my coaches and and fellow teammates for doing that. So no one could ever count count out my work ethic, that's for sure.
0: Mike... at what point did you say to yourself, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to make the jump to the big league. Is it something that you think about and is always in the back of your mind? Is it something that you personally didn't think about because you didn't want to put that out of pressure? Did you just say, let's just stick to the plan and work hard. How do you approach everyday life and how do you approach your professional career?
2: Um, I think for me, it was just every day was try to play in the NHL. I mean, I think that's, every kid's dream. And from when I was a little kid, I always told everybody that I was gonna play in the NHL one day. And obviously that's a reality now, but it came down to just coming and working just every single day and just doing little things and trying to just do more than other people every single day to, to build my skills to where they want it to be. Um, growing up in minor hockey, I was always a, a really good player. I mean, I was a first round pick to to Sudbury in the OHL and then uh, came across some road bumps there, but then he got drafted. Um, maybe at a slower third season and then really picked it up my fourth year. Um, and coming, coming to pro was, it was a grind, you know, in and out of the lineup all the time, um, fighting for your spot. I got sent down to the East coast at one point. So just like mentally staying strong and just always believing in myself and believing that maybe not everybody gets an opportunity, but chances are you're going to get an opportunity at some point. And if I've done everything right to be ready for that opportunity, I can succeed. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah at any point did you ever stop believing like when you went sent got sent down to the east coast hockey league it's easy to say man what in the world is going on with my career uh th- did any of those thoughts ever enter your mind at all and if so how were you able to get back on track
2: um i think like one like a pivotal point for me was was probably my second year there was a, there was a point where i had um i had been scratched probably seven or eight games in a row and i was just we we're on the road it was a Little bit of longer road trip and it's just I was the only guy bag skating um all the other guys were playing and, and it had been tough I was just like just couldn't understand why I wasn't playing I felt like I was doing the right things I was I mean obviously I was working hard doing all those things and I was just sitting there and I was sitting on the bench like catching my breath after just doing a rap it was pretty tiring and I was like almost like broke down a little bit to myself like and I just remember sitting there like I just never want to feel like this you know and i just felt so so down in the dumps and it's just like i'm just working so hard it's just not like nothing's happening you know i'm not getting those results i'm not getting those chances and i just said to myself like it was just tough and i was just like i just don't want to feel like this anymore and i just got up and it was like okay push harder whatever you're doing is not hard enough it's got to be harder and i just kind of kind of built myself up from there built up some energy and then kept it going
0: now talk to me about the moment you found out that you were going to play your first game with the Montreal Canadiens. <clears throat> if you can relive that moment with me from the second you found out that you were going to play that first game, uh, how you got the news, how you felt about it, who, who were the first people that you shared it with. Just take me through the entire day and the entire night, the entire game if you can.
2: Um, yeah, so I guess when I, when I got called up, uh, we had just had our Halloween party in Laval, uh, we we're supposed to have two days off, so I uh, definitely had a little bit of fun at the Halloween party. <laughs> and the uh, next day, I was just kind of relaxing. And uh, I get a call from a California number, and I was like, oh, well, California number? That's a, that's a weird number. And then uh, I'm looking at it, and I was like, oh, I realize it's probably JF. Like, uh, he, he was in California coaching, right? And then uh, I pick up the phone, and I was just like, he, he told me I got called up, and I was there with my girlfriend, and we were just, like, super excited. And I, I couldn't believe it. And then uh, first call went to my parents for sure, and my brother, and just let them know that that I got called up. And then I texted all my buddies, let them know before uh, the news was going to break on Twitter or something. So then uh, from there, next day, uh, first practice, and then I find out that I'm going to be playing against Detroit the next day. So I just try to text all my buddies and my family and try to get them tickets. So I ended up, I think, like maybe like 30 people ended up coming down to Montreal, and it was just surreal like we won the game which was great because obviously the canadians went off to a good start so it was just fun to be able to win that game and then to be able to like celebrate with everybody and like really enjoy it you know and i felt like i had a good game too so it, it was just a surreal experience
0: if there's one moment i would say that stood out from your season more than the others i think it was really appreciated obviously by your teammates and i know the fans you talked about twitter everyone was on twitter all over it i mean you were a rock star for doing it but you stood up for goalie Samuel Montembo, who was run by Zach Cashin. And if we could just have a quick image of what happened right after. There you go. Uh, you and he tussled, and uh, that's the aftermath right there. But, um, I mean, obviously, the guys love you. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's the, you would think it's the logical reaction that a player should have when someone takes a liberty on one of their teammates. But, uh, you know, not everyone does it, and somebody has to do it. And talk to me about how important it was for you the second that you saw Montembeau get run over to step up and say, I got to do something.
2: Yeah, I mean, the minute he got right there, I kind of knew that I needed to do something, especially, um, like, nothing had happened on the ice, and, like, uh, there's circumstances. And like, it, it is what it is, but I was like, I'm the guy that's on the team that – it's not that it's my responsibility, but it's like, I, I need to step up here, you know? And I just was just waiting for my chance to get on the ice and match up with him. And then I matched up with him at the face-off and I let him know, I was like, look, like we got to fight here. And he didn't, he didn't necessarily want to fight, not because he was, didn't want to fight me. It was just the third period. And I have been quite a while since, since the hit. And I was like, look, this puck drops, I'm going to jump you. Like, I got to fight you and uh, whatever we fought. And I think it's just a matter of. It's like a respecting, you know, like I, I'm, I'm letting the guys know that I'm going to stand in there and, and take on anybody in the league if they're taking liberties on the guys, you know, and I, I just want to protect them and, and make them feel more comfortable out there.
0: Did anyone say anything to you after the game? Any one of your teammates just come uh, come by, either give you a tap or say something to you?
2: Oh, yeah, all the, guys, all the guys gave me a tap and I think um, Monty came up to me in the locker room after and said thank you as well. I think that's something that, that all the guys do. Like when someone stands up for a teammate, I think everyone gets in there and definitely give a thank you and, and a little stick tap on the, on the shin pads there to to say that you appreciate what they did. Like um, obviously it's not easy taking on some big guys and, and getting in the fight sometimes. So I think everyone respects when, when someone stands up for
0: someone. Speaking of not easy taking on big guys, here's an image with you and one of the biggest guys in the national hockey league, Ryan Reeves. So if I understood what you did versus Cashin to come to Montembeau's defense, I have to ask you, Mike, now that you and I are friends and we're close here and we can have a laugh. What were you thinking?
2: Um, honestly, like I, I, just got called up. Um, we played Detroit. I think it was, uh, it was three games. We played Detroit, Boston, and then we were in New York, Madison square gardens. Right. So, in Detroit, I get my my first point in the National League, so I'm obviously super excited. And uh, then we play Boston. I get my first goal, and I'm like, ah, what an amazing way to finish it off! we we'll try to fight the toughest guy in the league, uh, <laughs> or one of them, anyways. And uh, kind of just he made a hit, and I asked him if he wanted to go, and it kind of happened uh, easier than I thought. I thought I was gonna have to to stand in there and really like uh, not just ask him a lot more than I than I would and just said it once like hey you want to go and he was like gloves are coming off i was like all right let's do this so um obviously I didn't want to do a lot better than what i did but um i think i got a lot of a lot of respect from from guys for for stepping in there and I never uh, lost the fight and had guys on other teams uh, come up to me and be like hey good job kid like way to step in there and, and fight revo so um yeah
0: okay i understand it now all right okay uh Mike, you made your mark and you got your chance with Dominic Ducharme as coach. And then a coaching change happens and it goes to Marty St. Louis. And when a coaching change happens, you know players want to know where they're going to stand with the new coach, right? As much as you were happy for Marty, uh, were you worried? Where you stood at that point? Because everything that you did, did you feel like you had to prove yourself over again now to a new coach?
2: Um, for sure. I think every day for me last year was just, proving myself right like I never had an easy day or a day where I could kind of take my foot off the gas but obviously you had established yourself a bit with with Dom and um, he was accustomed to how you played but also it was a new opportunity with Marty. you have a new coach coming in and you can establish yourself a different way right so anytime there's a new coach coming in I think everyone steps up you know like it's like hey I gotta I gotta prove myself you want you want to get slotted into the right places right so I think Definitely when Marty came in, it was a matter of, of stepping up and trying to prove yourself all over again.
0: Is there one moment during the season between you and Marty St. Louis that you can share with us where he probably gave you some pretty good advice?
1: Yeah, I think I,
0: I've said before
2: uh, in, a, in another interview, but um, pretty early on in, in his time there, he had, he had pulled me aside uh, after one of the video sessions, and he was he was showing me video, and it was just like a play I'd made on the boards. It was just pretty simple hockey play got on the boards kind of chipped it out guy was slashing with speed and it was a good play like there was nothing wrong with it but he sat me down and he said look is this the best play available he goes it was a good hockey play you didn't do anything wrong but was it the best play available so he told me like moving forward he's like he wants you to live like not just survive you know so that 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 really stuck with me and it was a matter of okay like get out of your comfort zone like um take an extra second you know you're having a coach that that wants you to play with the puck more you know what i mean instead of just playing simple hockey so well you still have to play simple hockey but I think you understand what I'm saying so I think that that really stood out to me and and it gave me a lot of confidence in him so yeah
0: he gives you liberty gives you some freedom
2: yeah yeah definitely gives you some freedom and he wants you to, to push yourself to to play more offensively and and just really push push the pace of play and I think he pushes everyone to do that and um Really gets you out of your comfort zone, and and if it works, it's, it can be extremely success, successful. That sounds
0: like a lot of fun, right? To have that kind of mindset, that kind of philosophy, it's fun to play like that.
2: Oh, 100. percent Like uh, as a fourth line guy, sometimes uh, it's it's you kind of get stuck in the same game plan, doing the same thing. So when you have a coach that says, "Hey, play with the puck, like make plays, like have fun out there," like that's you want to stay there forever, you know?
0: Yeah, Mike. They say it's one thing to make it to the National Hockey League; it's another thing to stick. Uh, obviously every player has to work on a lot of things to be able to stick and get better, but what's your point of emphasis right now? The one thing more than anything else that you really want to improve going into next season. Um, just getting more
2: comfortable with the puck, making sure that my, my puck skills and everything is up to par with where it needs to be so that I can comfortably make the right hockey plays. Um, I know I can play the game at at, at that pace and have the mind to understand the game so it's a matter of making sure that my skills can match up to that so that I can do and make the plays that I want to make so just working on that and um, working on my game down low definitely got to be be a beast behind the net and and working down low and stuff like that so definitely focusing on those things this summer
0: so this summer who will you be working with how much time will you spend on ice off ice Uh, give me a typical day for Mike what it's going to look like
2: um, yeah, so when I was in Montreal, I was, I was training there with the trainers there, and, and uh, the skills coach Adam on the ice, and then now that I'm back home, uh, I work out with uh, Andy O'Brien, his name is. Yeah, so, I know uh, him. I'm,
0: he works for Crosby. Yeah,
2: he's, uh, he's Crosby's trainer, so he, he writes all our programming, um, so like let's just say today, and in the morning, I, I worked out, we had a two-hour workout, and I drove to the ice, we were on the ice for an hour and a half, and then uh, when we get off this uh, podcast here, I, I set up a shooting pad in my backyard. Well, it's been set up for for a few years now, but uh, we just upgraded it. Um, I'll probably post some some pictures about it soon. But um, I'll jump out there and do do some extra stuff for maybe half an hour, an hour as well. So uh, that's probably your typical training day.
0: I uh, I saw well, there was a, an article earlier on in the season, which was a shot of you in old Montreal and uh, and your dogs. Let's see if we can see that. Hold on a second. Are those yours? Or are those someone else's? <laughs> what? Are... <laughs> So, um, some,
2: one of the reporters had asked to do an interview, so we we're doing an interview and we had to take a, a photo for, I guess, the cover of the, for the the article, right? Yeah. So when we go to take the photo, some, this gentleman walks by, he's a dog walker and he's smoking Whoa. a joint and he's got those glasses on and he's got whatever, all these dogs in and he just walks up to me and he just <laughs> sticks the dogs, like all the ropes in my hand and gives me his glasses and he goes, take a photo of them like this, you know, and he's just a... You're a funny character. And then that's, I guess, where that photo came from.
0: I saw it. I said, My God, how many dogs does he have? That's unbelievable. Where is yeah, he part-time, time
2: uh, part-time dog walker. I was trying to make a little extra cash on the side.
0: Yeah. Did you happen to be in uh, Old Montreal that day because you had to go down there for, for uh, the article with the reporter? Or is, is that a place where you like spending some time?
2: In, in that instance, I just went down uh, for the article, yeah. but uh, I was living in the Canadians Towers uh, by the by the Bell Centre there. So uh, we would often walk to Griffintown or around that neighbourhood. But uh, I, I love walking around in old Montreal and just getting a coffee and kind of getting your mind off things. So definitely a cool neighbourhood.
0: One of my favourite spots too. Are you still going to be living next to the Bell Centre this year or have you uh, found another spot?
2: Um, I'm to, uh, i I got to figure it out still, uh, see, see what's available and, and go from there.
0: When are you making your way back to Montreal?
2: i uh, hoping to come back at the, the beginning of September, kind of settle in and get ready for, for camp, uh, start start training with some of the guys and getting back on the ice with the guys. So uh, I think that's the plan right now.
0: As a guy who was able to live it and being drafted once again back in 2016, Montreal played host to the draft. It was just over one week ago. Uh, did you watch?
2: Yeah, I was watching in the basement with, uh, with my parents and then uh, one of my buddies uh definitely a crazy start to the draft and uh, it was fun, uh exciting first
0: round for sure when you saw that first pick being named uh, the player Slavkoski looked like he was a little bit surprised when he looked over to his family but w- what were you 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 watched something like that are you thinking about when you got drafted or how are you uh how are you living that when you saw him get drafted like that
2: yeah I mean those guys were maybe in a little bit of a different position than I was I was kind of sweating it out on the second day there but um uh, yeah you definitely bring yourself back there was such a like an impactful moment and such a just exciting moment for my family and all my friends when when I got drafted and coming home and seeing all my my friends so it definitely puts you back in in that position and and those emotions kind of flood back into you so um it was I'm excited for all those kids and uh they have a bright future ahead of them and it's cool to see that them go through that and now they get to experience it as well
0: couple of very quick questions on some of your teammates all right uh the one teammate more than others with all due respect to others that did something this past season and you looked at it and you said wow
2: um i did something on the ice yeah um i think cole and suzuki obviously when you watch either of those guys play like there's a couple times in a game where you're just sitting there and you're just like wow like did they really just do that? And and I think, just watching from the bench or seeing it up close, it's it's fun to see those guys kind of just play hockey, have fun, especially in the second half there, and um, definitely gets you excited for the future.
0: Who's got the best style on the team in terms of fashion?
2: The best style, um, I got to go with Hoff or, or Perry. They both uh, they both had some some good style and some expensive taste. So it was uh, nice to see what those guys put together. The
0: worst style? Um,
2: uh, I'm not sure. All the guys are, all the guys are pretty good. I mean, there's a, your classic cop-out answers. You just, you say Jake Evans to everything. So, uh, I don't think he has the worst style though, but, uh, no, all the guys are pretty good.
0: Funniest guy on the team?
2: Uh, probably Gally. I think he just like, uh, is constantly making guys laugh and, and saying silly things. And, uh, Wides is pretty, pretty hilarious too. And I think, uh, Having those guys definitely lightens up the room.
0: One player not named Connor McDavid. Now I'm going to go outside of your team and look at the National Hockey League. One player not named Connor McDavid that you just watch play this year against live or on television that you said, "Oh my God, wow this this guy can bring it."
2: Great uh, Point. Um, I just remember playing him, and uh, those couple times we got out there together and and just trying to de up on him and, and play against them. It was like, wow, this guy's just an incredible hockey player and you can see he just kind of reads off everything heads up all the time, just making good hockey plays. And it was, uh, it was definitely tough to, to play defense with him.
0: Mike, where do you, um, I, and I know it's all going to play out itself out at camp and not only at camp, I mean, every day is, you got to have to prove yourself every day at practice and stuff like that. But, um, where do you see yourself going into the season?
2: Um, I think I I see myself as obviously a member of the team and and hopefully as a fourth line left winger. Right. So um, I'm going to do everything I can so that I can come into camp and be ready to, to earn that position. I mean, it's definitely not just given to me, that's for sure. So I think I got to come in have a good camp and and do the right thing. So uh, I'll be ready to, to do that. And um, we'll see what happens from there.
0: Uh, Seeing as you were uh, taking a shot at Jake Evans there, it sounds like you guys uh, you guys are pretty close. So, uh, you probably have some chemistry on the ice as well.
2: Yeah, Jakey, Jakey's a good guy. And I, I say that because uh, whenever you listen uh, to these podcasts or any interviews and stuff, everyone's uh, kind of just just in the little digs at Jakey. But uh, I'm supposed to actually go to a baseball game with him today. Uh, Watch the Blue Jays play. So
0: uh, I'll see him later today. Mike, what does it mean to you in ending just to be a Montreal Canadian?
2: Oh, I mean, just, there's so much history and it's just an honor to put that sweater on every day. And um, like I've said in the past, it's just when you get to put the Montreal Canadian sweater on, it, it, there's, it's like you're putting history on, you know, and you just want to go out there and you just want to give everything you have to, to make the fans proud and to make the organization proud and, and that, that logo on your, on your chest. Right. So I think for me, I just take a lot of pride in, in putting that Jersey on every day and definitely um, appreciate or, or, um, what's the word i'm looking for you really value that you're able to do that like and and saturday night at the bell center hockey night in
0: canada it's like what's better than that do you realize how much of a fan favorite you are for a guy who's not a point per game player a guy who's not a 40 goal scorer or a 30 goal scorer do you realize at all just how much fans appreciate you
2: um, i definitely was was starting to realize by by the end of the year it was just a lot of support from all the fans, and, and I can't appreciate that enough, and they definitely made the transition to to playing in the National Hockey League a lot, a lot easier for me, and um, I just try to go out there and make, make everyone proud of me, my family, my friends, and, and all the fans, and um, just that support goes, goes a long way. I know it's a tough market to play in sometimes, but uh, when the fans have your back, it, it goes a long way, and I really appreciate it.
0: Wasn't there a shootout attempt at one point? I was like, let him score this so the building could come off
2: oh i know i was i was like oh the roof is gonna blow off this yeah. place if i score and uh i mean i was 50 percent in the shootout in the ahl and uh i mean i think i had the goal i just i think my stick flexed too much i was too excited and i kind of just pushed it wide but uh pretty sure i had the goalie beat just ah so close i wish i scored that
0: mike i uh, i'm sure you're gonna score several others going forward I, I, you're gonna score a goal in a shootout next season i feel it mike i uh, i wish you that and much more Hey, have a great summer. It sounds like you're going to be busy. It's going to be a hardworking summer, but that's just who Michael Pizzetta is, right? All about hard work. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Thanks for taking the time with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on on.
2: today. I had a great time and uh, look forward to next season.
0: The the best podcast you've been on in the last 24 hours is? The Sick Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. There you have it. There's Michael Pizzetta of the Montreal Canadiens. I'm Marinero. Um, You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check us out. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel and you'll be notified as soon as we upload an episode or we go live. Mike Pizzetta, what a sick hockey player. That was a sick conversation. I loved it. I hope you did too. Thanks for watching the sick podcast.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakash. If the last time you went to Lakash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lakash. The menu will surprise you.